All right. So we're back today on Monday. I hope you guys had a great weekend. We've been talking about what it looks like to be thirsty for God, and how do we cultivate that thirst in the lives of our kids? I really believe we can't do that unless we've learned how to do it first as parents. How do we cultivate our own relationship with the Lord and recognize our own thirst? Thirst for Him. I don't know if if this has been uh, you guys have experienced this, but I notice that when I drink a lot of water, I just feel better. And if I go for a very long time without water, I may not notice it at first, but eventually I'll recognize. Oh man, I just need to drink water. Well, years ago, before I was in the habit of drinking water, I didn't rec- I didn't know that the reason I had a headache was because I was dehydrated, or the reason I was tired was because I wasn't drinking enough water. I was taking Tylenol and I was trying to do all kinds of things to get rid of headaches. When really, what my problem was was I was thirsty, and um, just. Uh, as I learned to listen to my own body, I think this is a spiritual discipline, learning to listen uh, to our own spirit and recognizing, oh man, I need to spend time with the Lord. Um, and I and I, I believe with all my heart that the more time you spend in, his, in the study of God's word and the more you come before him, uh, the more you will recognize a thirst in your own life. Um, I love that the Bible instructs parents, basically telling us that as parents, we are obedient to God. And it is a wonderful example for our children to see us walking in obedience to God. We've been talking about um, a spiritual thirst and what it means to look like, uh, what it means to be thirsty. And I challenged you the other day and said, you know, when was the last time that you were undone, that you were thirsty? And when was the last time that you that you were broken um, by your need and totally, absolutely aware of your thirst for God? I want to give you a couple of ways that you can uh, recognize that thirst in your life. Maybe this is you're new at at studying the Bible. Maybe you're um, you're just you're just kind of uh, putting your feet on more solid ground, and you're trying to figure out what does it look like. Uh, to be thirsty. There's a couple of different things that I've noticed in my own life, um, and I call them the five D's. The five D's, like D as in David, the five D's of uh, thirst. And the first one is discontent. Whenever I am discontent uh, in my in my circumstances, and whether that's with my children or I'm discontent with my schedule or with my house or with my friendships or in my marriage, I can almost always trace that back to, I need to change my attitude. I need to spend time with the Lord. The second one is discouragement. Um, God has encouragement for you. Every time I read the Bible, without fail, every time God speaks to me, I'm convicted of uh, things in my life that I need to work on. I'm encouraged by his love for me. I I recognize something new about his character. It's encouraging to read the Bible. When I struggle with discouragement, an almost surefire antidote for that is to get into the Word of God. Now, I'm not telling you that it's an, you know, it's an antidepressant and it's a, a magic pill being in the Word of God, but I am telling you, and I, I know this, I've experienced it in my own life, um, that it is very hard to be discouraged in the presence of the Lord. It's very hard to be discouraged when you're sitting at the feet of the one who created you and you recognize how loved you are. 
The next one is distraction. These are the the five Ds. This is how I, I feel that Satan kind of worms his way into our lives. It starts with discontent. I'm not happy with what I have. And then I become discouraged. And then pretty soon I become distracted because I'm trying to find, I'm trying to fill that spiritual void in my life in another place and through another thing and by another avenue. Some of you are trying to fill that void in your life at the end of a bottle. Some of us are trying to fill that void at the end of an ice cream carton or by watching TV or by denial and not paying attention to things in our life that are screaming for attention. And instead, we find ways to get distracted. The next one is disillusionment. Maybe you thought that you would be at a different place in your life at this age. Maybe you thought your marriage would be different. Maybe you thought the church would be different. Maybe you thought you would be different. And finally, defeat. Those are the five D's, I think, of defeat that the enemy uses discontent, discouragement, distraction, disillusionment, and defeat. He's been doing it in the in the church for centuries. What does he do in the church? He, we, we become discontent, and then we're discouraged, and then we're distracted, and then we're disillusioned because, gosh, we thought it'd be better than this. And then finally, we're defeated because our souls are thirsty for God. The human soul has thirst. And when Jesus said, If any of you is thirsty, let him come to me. Jesus was speaking of a soul thirst. The human soul has thirst. Now we know that Jesus is speaking of a soul thirst and not a physical thirst because when you go without God, your soul gets thirsty. And Jesus was speaking to that thirst. You were made to drink from God, from God himself. You were made for God. Your body was made to live on water, but your soul was made to live on God. And this is the most important thing to know about yourself. You have a soul and your soul was made to live on God alone. All study, all biblical learning is designed to spread a satisfying banquet for your soul and to keep poison out of the kitchen. Everything that Jesus said and did was aimed at this, that you might drink and be satisfied in Jesus alone forever. Our souls live on him, and that's why he died. That's why pastors study. That's why teachers teach. Everything is aimed to awaken a thirst for God in the human soul and satisfy it with Jesus. You know, moms always ask me, you know, what I think the most important aspect in homeschooling is. You know, what is it that you uh, are, are passionate about? Why do you homeschool? And um, I've said before, I didn't, I'm not homeschooling my kids so that they'll, you know, uh, outrank their peers in the SAT, although that's a nice side benefit. I'm not homeschooling them so they'll be awesome mathematicians or wonderful scientists or be excellent at grammar. I'm homeschooling my kids so that I can have the opportunity to impact them with the love and nurture and admonition of the Lord. I want my kids to know that their souls are thirsty. And in our family, So one of the ways that we have decided to do that is by homeschooling them and spending time with them. Is is homeschooling the answer? Absolutely not. I know lots of parents who have homeschooled their kids and their kids have walked away from the Lord. But the vast majority of the parents that I know who did, who homeschooled their kids and didn't slide to one end of the the, um, religious spectrum to the other. So one end being legalism, where we think homeschooling is the answer and we treat it like the gospel. 
and the other end being liberty, where we think, oh, it doesn't really matter because what's going to happen is going to happen. Both of those ends of the spectrum are wrong, and the enemy doesn't care which ditch he knocks you into so long as he knocks you into a ditch. So he can he, he can knock you into the legalism ditch, and he can knock you into the liberty ditch. He doesn't care so long as you're in a ditch, so long as you forget that your soul is thirsty, that you were made to be thirsty for God, that your children were made to be thirsty for God. And I believe the best reason to teach your kid to read is not so that they can read good history books. It's so they can read the word of God. C.S. Lewis said, you're not a human being with a soul. You're a soul that temporarily inhabits a physical body. And it's never more clear than when we go to the funeral of a loved one or we watch someone walk through the valley of the shadow of death. My husband's father passed away this last October, and he had been sick, well, ever since I'd known him, off and on with different uh, different illnesses. And uh, But we weren't expecting this last thing, this this thing that, that actually took him home, kind of took us by surprise. And I was just telling my husband a couple of days ago, I was sitting on the couch in the living room, and it just occurred to me, Dad's with the Lord. Like, he's not worried about mortgage payments or what's for dinner or, you know, got to get the house cleaned up or the tires new on the car. He's experiencing the glory of the Lord. And our time on this earth is fleeting. It's fleeting. We are souls that are temporarily inhabiting a physical body. And our souls are meant to be with God. They're thirsty for him. Jesus said, whoever believes will have streams of living water flowing from within. Whoever believes will have streams of living water flowing from within. Take a minute today and ask the Lord to show you what that looks like. God wants to walk with you. He wants to fill you up every day. It's not enough for you to take a drink of water once every three days, is it? And it's not enough for us to come to the well of living water once every three days. Faith is a coming of the soul to a fountain that is satisfied with Jesus above all other things. Let that be the thing you think about this week. And every day, go to the spring of living water. I'll see you back here again on Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.